You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. On a Wednesday, I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here along with us. Quarterback week continues, setting the stage for an offseason that is expected to have unprecedented quarterback movement. But it's not just quarterback movement. Sometimes it's quarterback introduction. That's why we're talking draft. Today is rookie day on the Tim Donnelly Show on Quarterback Week. We're looking at the rookies. We're looking at Bryce Young. We're looking at Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. We're looking at C.J. Stroud. You can put them in your own order, but we're going to do some education here today. We're going to introduce you to the flaws. The flaws. We're going to introduce you to the strengths, the worries, the concerns, the, the praise, the gifts that they are bringing to the NFL. And as always, we will spin the wheel and tell you where they're going to end up, and uh, it could really get off the rails, right? I mean, if if Bryce Young goes to a team that doesn't have a high first-round pick, we're going to have to really get to some hypotheticals on on how it's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, just like we have done all week, uh, Monday was Aaron Rodgers' day, Tuesday was was Derek Carr day, today is rookie day, uh, the phone lines are open, 757-687-9494. If you have a strong feeling on where one of these rookies should end up or where one of these rookies will end up, 757-687-9494. I want to start with Bryce Young. Bryce Young it's a size thing. We've talked about it, right? If you're looking at the team that would fit well with Bryce Young, you don't need anything special. You just need a little luck. Right? Uh, like, if you look at some of these, we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson shortly. You're going to need a, a coach that is a strong developer. We're going to look at, at Will Levis. You're going to need an offensive line that can stay up in front of him and keep him on schedule. There's there's things that some of these other quarterbacks need. Bryce, Bryce Young doesn't, doesn't need anything except a little luck right Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft I'm confident saying that but he is small and he is like when I say small short has been proven in the NFL not to be the worst thing in the world right Russell Wilson has had success Kyler Murray has had success Drew Brees has had success you can find a way to be be an effective if not superstar quarterback as a shorter individual it's the lack of 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 sturdiness that concerns me right the numbers are going to be what the numbers are and i guarantee you the guy is going through every scientific you need to eat this many carbs at this time in the day and this much protein from from this resource and all these sorts of things he'll be 204 at the combine but that's not going to be his walking around weight and that's not going to be his playing weight there are some rumors he got down to 168 while at alabama 168 there it is, right? That's the rub of Bryce Young. Todd McShay has has maybe the the funniest way to describe this. And and Todd McShay obviously draft Nick quarterback guru studies all the film, watches all the college football. He was on Get Up for ESPN. Here's what he said: The biggest concern is can he stay durable and healthy throughout his career? 
but I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. The presence he has in the pocket, the ability to feel pressure coming, the ability to make to see the whole field and make all the throws with really good touch and timing. He's a di- he's different than all these other guys. I sit here and I watch tape over and over again. And I Will Levis has a great arm. Anthony Richardson's the most physically talented. C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable career at Ohio State, but Bryce Young is different. He is Patrick Mahomes, but smaller. Well, I don't think his I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. I do agree he is smaller. But my point the reason why I, I, I say that's one of the funniest ways to describe it is, you know, that's like someone after a four interception game saying he played really well except for the turnovers. It's like, well, then he didn't he didn't play really well, right? Well, he's Patrick Mahomes and a little bit smaller. It's like, well, then then guess what? Patrick Mahomes takes a lot of hits because he's always scrambling around and, and keeping the play alive, and thus he he actually gets hurt a lot. And he's shown unbelievable toughness to play through a lot of those injuries, but if that's Bryce Young, that high ankle sprain might be a broken ankle, right? Because he's a much smaller, much more felt individual. So he needs to get lucky and not fall awkwardly, Right? He needs to get lucky and not get his shoulders planted into the ground at a bad angle. He needs to get a little lucky with that kind of stuff. And, it, and it's not even completely lucky, right? It's not just luck. Uh, I saw today, uh, Tua Vailoa obviously is, is dealing with, uh, you know, he was in NFL concussion protocol for a month, like into the offseason. Uh, a judo legend apparently like the the best judoer in judo i don't know what the rankings are but he's a good judoist uh reached out and said you need to start doing judo because we'll teach you how to fall without smacking your head against the ground and apparently he's working judo into his off-season routine now right he's like we get thrown all the time and we roll with it right we we don't whip our head into the turf so so maybe bryce young needs to think outside the box right what was it? Belitnikov used to say, you got to go dance. You got to go get smooth, do a little ballet, help your wide receivering. Maybe you got to do, got to go do some, some judo. This isn't a, the NFL, but like, I, I want to bring in the smaller conversation again here. Sometimes I think everybody goes, oh, look, the NFL is learning that smaller quarterbacks have been overlooked for all these years, right? Thank goodness Russell Wilson came about and showed everyone that smaller quarterbacks. It's not that. Okay. What it is, is the NFL rule changes to protect quarterbacks have given smaller quarterbacks a chance to get lucky and make it through an entire career without being hampered with injuries. If Bryce Young was being drafted at the time that like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Like Dante Culpepper was getting drafted. I don't know why that was. I was thinking of just a big kind of bulky quarterback from the 90s. Okay. When Drew Bledsoe was getting drafted, you stand next to Drew Bledsoe. It's a big guy. Uh, Robbie and I saw had Ryan Leaf on the show on Radio Row. Dude is a big dude. Right. I'm 6'4", over 200 pounds. Standing next to him, I was like, Robbie, make sure I'm in the front of the picture, not in the back. Because if we get, if we have a little, uh, you know, uh, perspective making me look smaller. I'm gonna I'm gonna look like I'm 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 five four. Like I didn't. Uh, he's a big dude. Bryce Young wouldn't be able to survive in those chances. You know what I mean? In the '90s, he would have he would have been hurt. Today, there's a chance he gets lucky. So if I'm near the top of the draft, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with that risk. 
right? Every quarterback coming into the draft is going to have risks. If one is just like kind of out of my control, <laughs> I actually kind of like that. Right. It's like, wait a second. So the development is there. The polish is there. The quick decision making is there. The mobility is there. The arm strength is there. Uh, We just have to cross our fingers. All right, let's go. Right. Let's sign it up. I don't think he makes it past number one. Which means the Bears are going to trade. Right. Because I, I don't think the Bears are willing to move on from Justin Fields, although they are a little bit more more open to it. Okay, So I'm thinking the Bears. Trade number one, if I'm if I'm making a, a, a guess here, to either Houston at number two or Indy at number four. I'm going to cheat on this one and say the Indianapolis owner, Jim Irsay, has already said he likes that guy from Alabama. So I'm going to go Indy. But again, we'll leave it up to the wheel later on in the show. Okay? Where do you think Bryce Young ends up? Does he tumble? That's always the big question about the top the top quarterbacks, right? Who's going to be in the green room with all the cameras pointed on him, thinking they were going to go first, and they're still on the board at 16? Uh, I don't think that's Bryce Young. But if you do, try to convince us. Again, Bryce Young, where does he end up? 757-687-9494. Tim, I got some bad news if he wants to go to Houston. Derek Carr's already there. Oh, true. Well, that's in, in our in our wheel spinning. I, I thought you were just breaking news right there. I was like, no. I was like, wait a second. When did this happen? And just, I'm gonna give you a little uh, everyone a little behind the scenes here. Uh, we have a Slack chat. Slack is a like a, a messaging system. A lot of a lot of businesses have it. You probably have experienced it at some point along the way. Um, and I try not to check the notifications while I'm talking active on air, uh, just because I don't want to be talking and then let you hear that I'm obviously reading something while talking uh so but i do see the notifications on my screen so they put uh, robbie put something in topic ideas and and then said just jumped in and said bad news Derek carr is already in houston my brain went through all the clues i was like topic ideas he put something in there wait a second Derek cars to houston wait a second i know he was gonna visit another place shortly i thought you were just breaking news that Derek carr signed with houston i wasn't Derek Carr Day was yesterday. If he would have broken the news that he was signing the day after Derek Carr Day, I would have been very upset with him. Uh, but yes, our our wheel, our spinning of the wheel, uh, did already put Derek Carr in Houston. Uh, so Indy. Indy is where I, I... And by the way, our entire conversations won't be based around the quarterback wheel of destiny. That's just a fun little random thing we're doing here. Uh, but my real guess would be Indy trades up to number one and takes Bryce Young. That's my guess. Again, we want we want your guesses. Where does Bryce Young go? 757-687-9494. Up next, we may d- differ on who the best quarterback in the NFL draft is. We may differ with who uh, is more pro-ready in the NFL draft in the quarterback class. I don't think there's any argument on who's the most interesting, the most fascinating. That's Anthony Richardson out of Florida. We talk about the freakiest athlete of the quarterbacks coming up next. LeBron James is the highest paid athlete in the world. Imagine how much he could make if he made the playoffs. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Anthony Richardson looking for ETM to block, which he does, and here goes Richardson. Long strider and keeps his balance. What a run by Anthony Richardson. Superman in. And he says, I won't back down. That's what Anthony Richardson brings to the table. Anthony Richardson's a pretty uh, 
pretty special prospect. But there, there is there's a question I'm going to ask you about Anthony Richardson, uh, and, and I think it kind of frames his, his journey as a prospect, what he has to prove to NFL teams pretty well. Uh, but first, we started the show here on Rookie Day, uh, part of quarterback week on the Tim Donnelly Show, looking at Bryce Young. I asked you for your predictions on Bryce Young. Where does he end up? Who wants him? Who should want him? Which teams, that is. And I asked you for your response on the text line, 757-687-9494. That's the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Robbie? From the 757, do you think that Seattle may be a sneaky quarterback draft candidate? Obviously, Geno exists, but the ceilings and the way that people are talking about Richardson and Young, don't you think that kind of outweighs Geno Smith a little bit? Yes. First of all, I mean, I don't even know if they're sneaky, right? They have draft capital. What do they have? The fifth overall pick? Yes, they have two first rounders too. Yeah, a fifth overall pick, two first rounders, and and the short answer is absolutely they that it's not sneaky at all. They're right there in the middle of the top five. It, it, I don't think they would go up to one or two. So I think if if either of the first two picks go to non quarterbacks and Stroud or Young are sitting there, I yeah, absolutely they'd be considering moving up. It's like. You know, we, we're comfortable with Geno Smith, but you can't pass up a deal. Am I right? Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's especially if it's, gosh, if, if you were on to think Richardson, they could move way back and, and have Geno be around while Richardson develops, which I don't love because then you're kind of wasting the rookie contract of it all. But, but there's, there's logic to that as, as well. I don't, I don't think it's sneaky at all. I think Seattle is one of the teams that are in the mix for, for quarterbacks. From the 757, Indy is not trading. We went through the whole crap with uh, Andrew Luck's injuries, and how many quarterbacks have we had since then? Well, you're going to need a quarterback. Like, just because you don't trade up to number one doesn't mean, like, you not get, according to this text. You get to play without a, without a quarterback. Like, if you, okay, so you just don't want to spend as much. Um, by the way, I, like, let's make this clear. They would sign if Andrew Luck were in this draft and you knew he was only going to make it like nine years or whatever he made it. You're taking Andrew Luck, right? If you if you get seven years and two lost injury years of of Andrew Luck performance, you sign up for Andrew Luck. That's not a cautionary tale. That is that is a a success story of a, of a number one overall pick. You want to look at some bad number one overall picks? There's a lot of them. Andrew Luck is. Is not one. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. There's a long article, by the way, from a couple months ago, uh, ESPN.com on Andrew Luck, what he's doing now. He's just a fascinating dude, man. He's just, he's very interesting. I remember when he popped up at the, I think it was the national championship a couple, couple uh, years l- ago. Looking like an old ship had like yeah, He had like a, a, a t-shirt on with a mustache. Yep. Just looked like he was living his best life. Uh, he's, he's. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what, what it is. He's going back to school. Um, he's he's out at Stanford, walking around, just the guy on campus. He rides his bike every day. Again, it's a really long article, but it's interesting. And there has been a few times since he retired where he like just dropped into high school practices and was like, "Hey, can I run the scout team?" And ran the scout team for like two days just to like scratch that itch. Like, you know, I was thinking about football. I know I don't want to go back to the NFL, but I want to throw you know make a couple high schoolers look bad. Uh, I wonder if if the coach ever looked at him and said, like, can you just give our, our defensive backs maybe, – maybe don't put everyone high and outside where only the wide receiver can get it. Like, just leave one over the inside shoulder so, you know, they don't go into our game on Friday thinking they're the worst defensive backfield in, in all of California, wherever he's living now. Tim, Don- 
I don't know why. Whenever I think of, I've heard a lot of stories of Andrew Luck. Like you know, he's kind of like this ghost that pops up and disappears. For some reason, in my mind, it, it's always like in Denver. I just there's always like Rocky Mountains in the background, and he's on some field that's like at elevation, and he just walks in off the the forestry and is like, "Can I play?" Here's a book you guys should read, and then he disappears like Bagger Vance. Tim Donnelly Show, <laughs> Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. Anthony Richardson, rookie day. We're focusing on the rookie quarterbacks. I here's the question for Anthony Richardson: What do you focus more on? Anthony Richardson can make every play you could ever want your quarterback to make, or Anthony Richardson did not make them very often in college. He can make all of the throws, make all of the crazy athletic plays with his legs, the pump fake, spin move, scramble back, make a guy miss, run to his right, throw it on the run, laser rocket, back of the end zone, touchdown good, two-point conversion good. But he doesn't do it all that often, right? He, He doesn't actually do that much good, or at least he hasn't in college. Ready for this? This is called this is this is where I, I get to be my movie nerd slash football nerd and they cross. My favorite screenwriter is this guy, Aaron Sorkin. Uh Beast. Uh think a few good men, think uh uh The West Wing, think these two movies, Social Network and Moneyball. Moneyball is one of my favorite of all time. Social Network's pretty darn good as well. He loves this question, right? If he if he is this, why doesn't he do it? Right, and he hits it in a few different movies. Social Network. Okay, ready? It's uh, Jesse Eisenberg playing the guy that created Facebook. They're in a big legal argument. One, two other guys are saying we created Facebook, not him. He stole our idea. And at one point in time, the the Zuckerberg looks at you know the lawyers and says it's not that difficult. If your clients were the inventors of Facebook, they'd have invented Facebook. Okay, and then very similarly in Moneyball, right? The, all the scouts are telling uh, Brad Pitt's character Billy Bean uh, all of this. This guy's a great hitter. Oh, he looks good. Oh, he's got you know the the barrel on the bat just smooth through the 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 zone and all these things. And and at one point, Brad Pitt's character again calmly hand on the table looks at the other scouts and goes, "If he's such a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good?" Right, and he's saying if if everything you're telling me is true, why is his batting average low? Essentially, that is the Anthony Richardson question. If he can make all of the throws, why doesn't he make all of the throws? Right, he can. Oh, this guy has the strongest arm. He's the fastest. He's the most agile. He's the quickest. He does all of this. Of the four big draft prospects that we're talking about today, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. And Anthony Richardson, he has the worst passer rating when pressured. He's the worst passer when forced out of the pocket. But he's the best athlete of the bunch, and he can make all the throws. Right? It's it's can he, why doesn't he? Right? If he's such a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? If he was the best athlete in the draft, he'd be the best athlete in the draft. Where is it coming from? Yet there's still this 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 group of people, this group of analysts that will swear by the 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 tangibles, right? The measurements. He physically can do things that just about no one else on the planet can do. Emery Hunt on the Ross Tucker Pod. 
it's a combination of the traits, physical talent, and the potential upside. When you look at a guy that's not going to be, what, 21 years old or going to be 21 years old, he's a young player, so he still has growth left within this game. We know his biggest weakness, in my opinion, is his lack of experience. Only one full season as a starter. He started, he played a lot of games last year behind Emory Jones, but I always pointed to those games that we saw him play last year as a reason why you can trust that projection moving forward. You look at his game against LSU, the complete game. This is someone that was able to manage the ebbs and flows of a game and almost came out on top. Again, I keep bringing it up. Had he not gotten hit on that last throw, he made the right read. He made the right throw. It would have been a touchdown and they probably win that ball game the best this, the best that. Uh, well, you know what? If he would have just made the throw, probably would have won that ball game. It's it, he is a oxymoron, right? He is the toolsiest, toolsy quarterback you've ever seen, who comes in with not the on-field production that you want. Which means there's there's one person that he should send a a fruit basket to, or some kind of gift, a wine assortment. I don't know what this person's into. It's Josh Allen. Josh Allen was that guy, right? Laser rocket arm, big, strong, can run, will run people over, will hurdle you. But he didn't complete darn near many of his passes at Wyoming. Then he went seventh overall, and everyone was like, whoa. Then he was throwing twice as many interceptions as touchdowns. Then it was even touchdowns to interceptions. Then it was twice as many touchdowns to interceptions. Then he's an MVP candidate, and everyone's like, see, you take the guy with the tools and you teach him how to be an NFL-efficient quarterback so right now what you have is Anthony Richardson saying draft me do what you did to Josh Allen and I'll be much better than anybody it's not that easy but if you can pull it off the reward is lucrative so what do you need when you draft him Brian Dable or an equivalent of right and then what do you need? Well, in the first couple of years, you need to go get him Stefan Diggs if he doesn't already have a Stefan Diggs or the equivalent of, right? You need to get him certain things that will aid in his development, right? Who's going to make the play on the ball that is thrown into coverage before he recognizes and before he gets to the point in his career where he stops throwing it into coverage? Who's going to be the, the, the quarterback slash offensive coordinator coach that can can grab him and say this is how we're going to make it so you stop turning the ball over so I, I look at that and and the hardest part is if you are a team that is looking for a quarterback there's a good chance that you do not have the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach that is is super highly thought of because traditionally when you're super highly thought of you're actively developing a quarterback Washington? Question mark? Anthony Richardson? You start Sam Howell? You let Richardson develop? You have Biennemi work with him? Again, just question mark. I think that would get everybody very excited. And then also, if it doesn't work out, guess what? There's going to be new ownership. You can you can move on from him in a second and just say, well, he wasn't the old ownership's guy. So again, if I'm if I'm just putting him in a place that I think might work, Washington question mark Tim Donnelly show priority auto sports radio 94.1 where does Anthony Richardson end up all day today we're talking about the new quarterbacks the freshman class of the NFL we're talking about Bryce Young Anthony Richardson CJ Stroud Will Levis where do they end up 
888-957-9494. We also had to talk about this. Trey Young, coach killer. I'll say question mark one more time. Stick around. It's the Tim Donnelly Show. If it is happening in sports, it is happening right here on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Nate McMillan was fired from being the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. I'll tell you why. It's the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. He was fired for a bunch of reasons, right? Bunch of reasons. There always is. It's never just one thing. But the main reason is because he didn't get along with Trey Young. I mean, we would have liked to have scored a few more points. Sure, that's part of it. We would have liked to have played better defense. Yeah, a little bit more playoff success. Great. But we'd overlook all of that if you and Trey Young were best friends. For more of the details, L. Duncan broke it down on SportsCenter. Kevin, back to our breaking news. The Atlanta Hawks firing Nate McMillan. That's according to Adrian Wojnarowski. McMillan with a 99-80 and record in his three seasons as the Hawks head coach. Atlanta, one game under 500 at the All-Star break. They currently sit at eighth place in the East. There it is. There it is. Those are the, the, the right, 99-80. and 80. That's not the end of the world. One game under 500, eh, could be better. Still a long season to go, right? The, the funny part is, I uh, <laughs> I saw a few saying that they fired him so they can let the interim try to make a run at the postseason. And I was going, wait a second. If there's room for the interim to make a run at the postseason, then there's room for McMillan to make a run at the postseason. And you might want to see what the guy who has taken you to the playoffs in the past and has a a 19-game over 500 club uh, record with the club as the head coach, there's enough time for him to turn it around. Right, This season might not even be a bad season. It might have just been a slow start. But Trey Young and Nate McMillan have their history. Right? Trey Young and Nate McMillan have bickered, and we haven't gotten the the detailed, detailed, stamped, confirmed details, but, you know, Trey Young will not even be on the sideline for a game. And then, oh, well, he's hurt. Okay, but why wasn't he even there? Well, because it's Nate McMillan, and they're mad. What? No, never mind. Really? Was that a nope, never mind? Was it because of Nate McMillan's relationship with Trey Young? Listen. In the NBA, we know stars have all the power, right? We know stars have all the power, but what we don't talk about enough is the options they can use to to sway that power, right? The tools at their disposal. If you are a star player on a max contract and you are one of the 25 people that carry all the power in the NBA and you are upset with a coach, you're upset with a team, you are upset with teammates, you're upset with something, somebody, you have three options, Okay. The one gets the most publicity, which is you can throw a hissy fit until you're traded, right? You can you can force a trade. Call this the James Harden or the of recent note Kyrie Irving or of recenter note Kevin Durant, right? You can go to the GM, the, the owner. You can say, I want to trade. And if they say no, you can say, all right, I'm going to be overweight. You can say, all right, I'm not going to pass to that guy. You can say, all right, I'm just going to raise a stink until you trade me. That's option number one. Option number two is what everybody likes to think that they would do, which is suck it up and work harder. All right, Baltimore Ravens have workout t-shirts. They wear them when they talk to the media a lot. It says uh, four words. Nobody cares, work harder. That's one of their options, right? KD could have done that. 
right? James Harden forced his way out. Kyrie forced his way out. KD could have said, nobody cares. I'm going to work harder and hopefully take the Nets to the promised land. Didn't do that, right? That's again, you have three options. That's just one of them. So you can force a trade, you can suck it up, or the third is you can force your own team to change everything the way you like it, right? Think about it like we use this example a lot here on the show. Team is the house, player is the occupant, okay? If you don't like your house, you have a few different options, right? You can move, you can suck it up and say, I guess I'm just living in a house that I don't love, or you can remodel. Right, You can start knocking down walls. You can start tapping on them and going, is this load-bearing? As if you know what that means. Unless you're a contractor, you have no clue. You know what it means, but you don't know how to go. But we're going to put a heavy beam up there because I watched HGTV once. Uh, Trey Young, in, in this respect, looks like he's remodeling. He wants to stick in Atlanta, but he doesn't like the coach. So what does he do? Bickers, fights, makes it a toxic atmosphere until they're losing by one game. They are one game under 500 at the All-Star break. They already got rid of the GM midseason. Now they're getting rid of the coach midseason. And Trey Young's going to be sitting there going, before you hire the next guy, why don't you go ahead and give me a call? I want to be a part of this process. Why? Because I'm the one with the leverage. And if you don't make me a part of this process, then I'm going to go full harden on you. All right, fine. You'll be on the interview. Which, by the way, every article I've read, and I read a bunch of them this morning about the Nate McMillan situation because I was seeing if anyone would go on record with what happened last year with the whole missing the Friday and then where was he? Oh, it was the McMillan feud. No, there was no, no one. Go, it was just rumors and hearsay. But, uh, but every article about this firing has Quinn Snyder as the favorite. If you... You fire a guy on Tuesday and you have a favorite by Wednesday morning, there were some conversations going on behind closed doors. It's not like, oh, we're interested in talking to. It's like leader in the clubhouse, Quinn Snyder. Which means it's already been approved by Trey. <laughs> now they just have to iron out the details. Oh, we're also going to talk to these others. Sure you are. You're going to talk to them. See if they want to be assistants for Quinn Snyder. It's it's very obvious in the NBA when a star player starts doing the puppeteer thing. Everything kind of works too smoothly almost. And I'm not even saying like he's saying hire this guy, hire that guy. It's the team saying, what do we have to do to keep this particular person happy? Do that. Okay, what else can we do to make this particular person happy? Do that. And then it goes on and on and on like that until you recognize you look around and your entire franchise is designed with one person in mind better work with that person right if trey Trey young ever moves on they're going to be taking like kyrie irving probably because that guy will be forcing a trade out of wherever he's from and trying to drop him into a trey young sized hole dropping him into like a super custom house do you see uh, mark Wahlberg just just sold his house i did see that like 50 million dollars for it it has a roller rink, indoor basketball. Uh, it has a, a five-hole golf course in the back. It's in like some valley in California. I don't understand all of it, but I do know you got to find a very specific buyer for a house like that because it was designed just for Mark Wahlberg, right? Like right out of the bedroom, you can hit an elevated tee box shot down over the guest house onto a green. Like there's probably not a ton of people that are super jacked up about putting their guest house in in golf ball harm's way. But you designed it for one person, and now you have to find a buyer for it. I guess they did. $50 million, hefty, hefty little price. Or like uh, um, Michael Jordan's house in Chicago. It's been on the market, I think, since he left Chicago, which is like 
25, 30 years now. Uh, why is it so difficult to, to sell? Because everywhere you go, it says the number 23. It's like it was designed for one guy. Atlanta is about to be a team designed for one guy. That's Trey Young. It's going to be his coach, his GM, his offense, his vibe, his travel schedule, his pregame meal, his everything, and it better work. Trey Young better be really darn good for a really long time. And there's a lot of people that don't think that's 100% true. Right? There's 25 people in the NBA. You should probably kowtow like this. He might be like 32. Close. Close. Best Atlanta can get, I guess. Uh, you know what? Before the end of the hour, so within the next 15 minutes, we are going to give away some Jelly Roll tickets with special guests Ashley McBride, Struggle Jennings, and Josh Adam Myers. So uh, those tickets are coming up before the end of the hour. So, uh, keep your dialing fingers ready. When we come back, Ted Alexander, Voice of the Monarchs, joins us. Uh, he actually joined us earlier, but we'll play that conversation for you coming up next. Welcome back into Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Also the home of ODU Athletics, so this is a voice you're familiar with joining us on the phone lines right now. Ted Alexander, voice of the Monarchs. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at TedAlexanderODU. Ted, thank you for, for taking the time. We're going to start with the ODU men. Two games left. They are currently two games out of that that double by top four in the Sun Belt. Uh, how much of that has been kind of the story over the last few games as they're they're you know trying to fly up, make some noise, and get that double by, and, and especially when some rest would be would be very nice for that team. It's a wonderful dream, but I think realistically, <laughs> for last uh, week or two, we've been realizing you know the, the threading of that needle is probably a little bit uh, out of our reach. Mm. So what you try and do is continue to focus on yourselves and get guys healthy if you can and get ready to, to do what you can with a single buy. One of the, the reasons why it is such a, a wonderful dream is because right the, the bumps and bruises have been stacking up, and that's probably putting it a little too lightly over the last uh, a few games for the Monarchs. That double buy just sounds like rest to me. Uh, how, how is the team dealing with all of those injuries? Obviously, some more, more serious than others, but all impactful in their own way. Well, I know, uh, you know, it's certainly in the last couple of months has come to the forefront more than it has mm -hmm. in the past, but athletic trainers are, are just the, the, the mm -hmm. golden gems of any athletic team. And Jason Mitchell's done a heck of a job trying to get these guys as ready as possible. Not much you can do about Ben Stanley, uh, and the knee injury, but uh, Chauncey rolled the ankle and he's been working uh, around the clock with Jason Mitchell to try and be ready for today. Makai Long has had the, the knee issue that he gutted out against App State and had a heck of a performance. Other guys are just banged up and that type of stuff. Emo Essien, still not sure if he's going to go tonight or not with the, uh, the concussion-like symptoms he had after getting elbowed in the head at James Madison. You're just hoping, uh, you're hoping that the guy Guys who are being asked to step up and step in will rise to the occasion. An occasion they've been dreaming about. You're hoping that they can take the ball and run with it. Ted Alexander, voice of the Monarchs, connecting with us here on the phone lines. The, you're exactly right, and and even even more kind of topical with the importance of of uh, the training staff and, and the head trainers and, and everything along those lines. But from a from a mental standpoint, how is this team dealing with that? I, you know, I saw on social media they're posting about Ben Stanley. You know, thinking of you, being with him, all those sorts of things. Um, but even even Makai Long, right, starts a game, can't finish. Then the next game, he plays thirty nine minutes and puts up a double double. That's that that's obviously good, but it's got to be kind of trying emotionally to not know what you're going to be able to get out of your knee week to week or or game to game. Even how's the team responding mentally? I think you bring up a good point, Tim, and you went through this in, mm -hmm. in your college career. When you see someone go down, 
it's it's got to affect you emotionally, and that's got to affect you physically, uh, tangentially. There, I remember for for Ben up at James Madison. I mean, we're we're right on that end of the court, and just it was it was horrifying to see him go down and seeing him in such pain and and such hurt, not only physical but mental, as he realized perhaps his college basketball career was over. And it has to have an effect. I was looking at the guys in the huddle after that, and they're they, they've got the long faces. And they realize they have to. You know, put that in another compartment and move on. And I think that's the key thing, being able to compartmentalize and realize that your brother, your teammate, would want you to go forward and bust ass for him. And Makai said after the game against Apsay, he goes, listen, I thought about Ben, who'd give his left knee to come and be in my position right now, my little swelled knee. it make me have to come out of the game. Forget that. I'm playing for Ben. Two games left, both at home, Southern Miss and, and and Marshall. How we brought it up, right? The 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 math or the scenarios you can play them out for the double buy. Probably a long shot at this point, but how important is it just for their psyche to play well and get a couple wins or or at least a couple you know positive reactions to to home games going into that conference tournament? Desperately important. You want to have momentum going there, win, lose, or draw. You want to be playing well. And if you're the Monarchs and you're a little shorthanded, you want some of the guys you're asking things of for the first time or just the second time to get the experience and get their get their sea legs and be able to take shots freely and play defense freely and those types of things because you're going to need them in the tournament, especially if you're playing four games in five days or whatever it turns out to be. You're going to need everybody, top to bottom, on the roster. So you're going to, you're going to need your bench guys who you've already asked to step up. You need them to start producing. We're talking with Ted Alexander. He's the voice of the Monarchs. Follow him on Twitter at Ted Alexander ODU and catch the broadcast of uh, ODU men's basketball right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Ted, while you're here, uh, the combine is coming up and and ODU well represented. Zach Kuntz, tight end, Nick Saldaveri, interior offensive lineman expected at the next level to be his position. Uh, Saldaveri especially, a lot of positive press. What what sets those two guys apart from the the rest of the field or, or what will they be looking to prove sets them apart in Indy next week? Well, I think you can see the chip on each of their shoulders from here. Uh, Tim, when it comes to, to, to proving the naysayers wrong, and sometimes that's fabricated. I mean, who didn't think the Chiefs would go a long way in the playoffs? You know, they weren't <laughs> being counted out in the preseason. Come on, people. Yeah, the Georgia uh, Bulldogs. No one thought they could win as defending exactly. national champions. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're going to go there as, as the group of five representatives and, and want to represent themselves as people that maybe haven't been thought of as highly as they should have or people who haven't been seen correctly recently. Uh, Saldaveri has just gotten better and better. I'm hope, hoping Zach Koontz will be back from that knee issue mm. that kept him out of most of uh, this past OD football season. But you really root for those guys because they're good guys. They busted their butt, and now they're getting an opportunity. Really, that's all you can ask for. Zach Koontz, you brought up, hopefully he's able to go. If he is, what kind of athlete are they going to see? I remember the, the Athletic put out a list of the, the freakiest athletes in college football, and he was right there amongst all the Power 5 freaky athletes. What, would, what, would, uh, you know, what kind of eyes would he open as an athlete? I think they would quickly see how his – I believe he was a high jumper in high school, and you can't just jump up to that little thing and get over it at six or seven feet. You've got to have some – some coordination going on and some athleticism. And I think they'll see that rather quickly. And I hope he's, he's healthy enough to demonstrate that he's, he's, he's a freaking in those 
things. Now, he didn't have the best second season at Old Dominion before he mm-hmm. went down. I mean, there were some opportunities that uh, he, he didn't seize, but he's just he's got all the, the, the tangibles. It's those intangibles that will have to be given an opportunity to show off in Indy. Well, what could it mean for the program if these guys – I mean, we, we've – been spoiled by Heineke, the fact that was so often we've had an ODU, uh, you know, product making name or making waves as, as a big name in, in the NFL on Sundays. Zach Pascal, Rick Rick Lovato in, in the Super Bowl. If, if we just get to keep throwing more ODU players into the the NFL mix, how important could that be for the uh, for the program? I think it would be incredibly important. You know, just one brick in the wall at a time. You got to build the wall, but it takes one single brick at a time and, and one guy gets it and another guy comes along and, and maybe is, is inspired by those in front of them and then they can inspire people behind them. I think it's, it's, it's a long process. I mean, we've only had football since 09. Some people have had it since 1809. Uh, and, and so it's a long process. Got to be patient, but you root for those guys when they get their chance. Uh, tonight, there is a, a ODU basketball game. You're going to be on the call. So uh, we'll start with the good luck on the call. But but what's the preview? What do you expect from that, that Southern Miss game tonight? Their top eight scorers weren't playing on the team a year ago. And Coach Jay Ladner, in his first three years in Hattiesburg, won 24 games. This year, Jay Ladner's won 24 games. This is a team that's done a 180 turnaround. They're physical. They had 48 rebounds the last time out and they're going to bring it, and they are still in a dogfight for the top seed uh, with with Marshall, and so it'll be very interesting to see. Now, they lost by 31 on the road at South Alabama earlier this month, and so they can be had. Will the depleted Monarchs be able to do it? have to find out tonight. And, and, and just because I didn't realize how many new faces were on the other side, is this just the future of college basketball? This year for ODU, it was, what, seven new faces, two new assistants. They're going up against a team with eight new leading scorers. Uh, are, are we just you know kind of on a one-year-at-a-time college basketball from now on? I think so. I think welcome to the portal, people. And I think maybe things will off a little bit where all the student-athletes don't realize the grass is always greener on the other side and maybe sticking into place and, and, and developing is, is going to be important. But for the time being, I think this is how it is, and we all better buckle in extra tight. Ted, have a great call tonight. We'll be listening, and, and thanks for taking the time. Tim, one more thing, just a, a mm-hmm. belated well done to you and Robbie and the crew out at, uh, at the Super Bowl. I've been around scenes like that, and it's not easy at all to pull off what you guys did. It's like you're being a short-order cook with all the activity <laughs> around you and timing things and getting interesting guests. Your guests were on there. They're interesting about the game. They're interesting otherwise, and you guys kept it really upbeat. Well done out there. A lot easier said than done, but you got it done. Thank you very much. It's, it's, it means even more coming from a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Thanks, Tim.